This podcast is sponsored by Ramp. Are you the decision maker in your company? Consider this. For the first time in decades, there's a better option for a corporate card and spend management platform. Meet Ramp, the only corporate card and spend management system designed to help you spend less money so you can make more. Most corporate credit cards offer points as incentives, but those points amount to less than their worth in real cash value. Ramp's business cards offer you cash back, real money in your pocket. Plus, you control who spends what with each vendor. And Ramp software collects and verifies receipts automatically, which means you'll stop wasteful spending and close your books in hours instead of days. Businesses that use Ramp add up to 5% to their bottom line the first year. If you're a decision maker, adding Ramp could be one of the best decisions you've ever made. And now get $250 when you join Ramp for free. Just go to ramp.com slash easy. Ramp.com slash easy. R-A-M-P dot com slash easy. Cards issued by Sutton Bank and Celtic Bank members of DIC. Terms and conditions apply. Here you go. Here you go. Tis the season to be jolly. Fa-la-la-la-la. La-la-la-la. It is the season for me to be jolly. Happy Christmas. Merry Hanukkah. The winter meetings are going on in Major League Baseball right now. Did you know that? Right now. They're virtual. That means that there's no skulking in the lobby. Remember from four weddings and a funeral when someone was skulking around waiting for Andy McDowell? No skulking. There's no running from sweet to sweet. There's just zooming. What is Scott Boris going to do, I thought to myself, before the winter meeting started? Because his big thing, and he's the only agent who's ever done this. He's the only agent who ever would do it. I dare say he's the only agent who ever could do it. Every agent's in the winter meetings, and they all talk to media. But what Scott Boris would do is he would walk in, and he would hold court, which is a weird expression. I don't know what it means to hold court. It must go back to the royal days. I'm sure I'm going to get a correction on that, Coca. And throngs of media would flock to him like a cult. And he would meet the media. And he would choose this grandiose backdrop and he'd re- it'd be rehearsed. And as executives, we knew it was coming because he'd announce it and we'd laugh. We'd ignore it. We didn't care. But now that I'm not an executive and I'm with you on nothing personal, I look forward to it every year because when Scott Boris meets the media, you know that we're going to have stuff to say because he's so full of it. Like it, it's, it like oozes out of him like a sea of garbage through a stagnant river at the end of a dumpster of crap. But what would he do this year? Uh, it happened yesterday. A 90-minute virtual Zoom press conference and reporters actually called in They couldn't help it. It's like column inches. It's like drugs. They had to do it. It gave them all something to write about. And I love it too. I have to admit it. Tis the season for me to be jolly because Scott is full of folly. That's the word of the day. Nothing personal. I'd like to go through a few things you said because as president of a team, I would get incredibly upset with his actions and his words because I didn't have the means to convince anyone that he wasn't telling the truth. 
that he was doing and saying everything that was self-serving because I was doing the same thing just from the other side. So when two people have opposite viewpoints of the same issue, two different vantage points, and they're each acting in a self-serving way, there will be no way to meet in the middle. It just, it's almost physically impossible. But now that I'm not running a team, for me, it's much easier to be Switzerland. I can evaluate things that he says and then explain them to you. When there are factual inaccuracies, you deserve to hear them. When there is hyperbole, you deserve to judge for yourself where you stand. So I'm just going to go through issue by issue of things that interested me, and I'm going to cross my fingers, cross my toes, and hope that you're still interested. Let's start with the biggest claim of all that got the most attention. Scott Boris said that teams are not losing money. He said something technically that he wanted to confuse you with. He said a lot of teams lost profits last year, great profits. But make no mistake, they didn't lose money. But we do know that in operating the game and having baseball games, teams make money. Even without fans, we know that players playing baseball games makes money for MLB teams. This is one of the things that has bothered me the most about Scott over the years because he doesn't have the info when I do. I have the facts. I know exactly how much money the Marlins lose. I know exactly how much money other teams lose. Not guessing, exact. And I also know the ancillary revenue the teams have. I also know the ballpark villages, the broadcast deals, the networks they own, the percentage they own of the networks. We all have that information. Scott doesn't. I spent time talking to people in the commissioner's office yesterday. They're so frustrated with Scott Boris. It's amazing. And this has been going on for 20 plus years. It's amazing. Bud Selig would shrug his shoulders at owners meetings and say, explain to me why you let this man tell you who to sign and how much to pay. Explain me why you let this man tell you that there's other teams bidding for the services of a player when you know for sure it's not true. Now, don't at me with collusion. It's not collusion unless the group gets together and says we will not pay this player more than this amount of money. What we would do is say, mm, I'm looking at this player. <clears throat> not worth that. Are you interested in that player? Nah, we're going a different direction. That's not collusion. That's a flow of information. Scott Boris does not have one iota of information other than what they print in Forbes. And you know very well that what they print in Forbes is based on Fagazi. It's based on nothing about teams, what they're worth, teams, what they make, what they lose. 30 teams lost actual dollars last year, Scott. Now, let me be clear. If you run a business and in 2019, you made a profit of $5 million. And then in 2020, because of the pandemic, you made a profit of $1 million. The way to describe that business year over year is you had fewer profits. Less profit. 
fewer dollars made. Three, two, one. If you've made $5 million in 2019 and then you only make $1 million on a net basis in 2020, you have a smaller profit margin. But you are still profitable. Your profits are smaller, but they're still profits. If you made $2 million in 2019 and you lost a dollar in 2020, you don't say that your profits have lessened or disappeared. You say that my business loses money. It's only a dollar, but it loses money. 30 teams lost money. That means that at the end of the year, the owners had to do one of two things. Write a check or take on more debt to cover operational real cash losses. That doesn't mean that they could take money from their network or their ballpark village and shove it over to their team and say, hey, I made a hundred million here. I lost 90 million here. That means I have a profit of $10 million. We've talked about that nothing personal. And teams do do that. But last year they couldn't. 30 teams lost money, Scott. And it is shocking to me that you are still trying to get rich people to spend their money, other people's money to the benefit of you and your players so you can get richer. You've never once run a team for one day. But you weren't done. You want to run the Oakland A's. The Oakland A's are owned by John Fisher. He's a founder, either a founder of Gap or on the board of Gap or one of the heads of Gap or the Gap is that clothing store. Scott Boris has a player on the A's named Matt Chapman who's coming off hip surgery, entering arbitration, says he's ready to play. And Scott Boris couldn't help himself by telling the A's that they've got to spend money because now all they do is win their division. They play well enough to win their division, but the question is always the depth because when you get into the playoffs, you're going to need the bench players to do that. Scott Boris, you don't know the first thing about what it is to win a World Series. We never played our bench players in the World Series ever. Jack McKeon used the bench guys to steal signs. What are you talking about? You need depth to get to the playoffs. That is what the A's have. They do it better than any other team, and you're pissed off because they do it like the Tampa Bay Rays on a small salary, and you can't stand it on a small payroll. You hate it because then you can't go to owners and say, hey, look at that team. They spent, and they won. Do you want to win? Do you want to win? He's got to go to other owners and say, look at the A's. They don't win World Series. We're in the game of getting into the playoffs. Now, as a Marlins president, would I trade my ring for having 10 straight years in the playoffs without a ring? No, I want the ring. Net, once I got the ring, I would trade everything else to get back in the playoffs to get another chance. But you've heard me talk about what it takes to get a ring. First, you have to make the playoffs. That takes depth. Then you have to get lucky, lucky. Two out RBIs, a few duck farts, a few errors. It's just wrong of Boris to say it and think that he's pressuring owners. And it's worse because owners actually pay attention. That's the part that I don't get and never will get. I'll never get it. And then he goes all into all these analogies that he has. Talks about the Mets and how smart they are to have signed James McCann for 40 years, 40 plus million dollars. Talks about the Angels hiring their new GM. He's upset. He's a season ticket order set. They've never made the playoffs. And he said, they've got to solve the case of the lost playoffs. They've gone out and gotten their Perry Mason. 
That's a play on the name of the new GM. Get it, Perry Mason. Except, Scott, your audience doesn't know what Perry Mason is. He's a guy who solves mysteries. He's got a player named Jackie Bradley in free agency. He wants to get him a huge deal. Jackie Bradley, the Red Sox free agent. He said JBJ, Jackie Bradley Jr., is like PBJ. He's sweet and smooth, and he spreads it all over and covers it well. My God, some people pay $9.99 for 30 seconds of that sort of talk. But then he got to something that's going to hit home with the commissioner, and it's worth talking about in detail. Scott Boris claimed yesterday in his virtual 90-minute Zoom meeting that he believes that Major League Baseball needs to hire a chief executive officer to run the business of baseball. And that chief executive officer should report directly to the owners and not to the commissioner. And the commissioner should be the legislative branch. The chief executive officer should be the business branch because he can't count on the commissioner to increase the revenues of the game. Do you know that the revenues of the game are adding up all the revenues of the 30 teams and that makes up the majority of the revenues of the team? When you hear that baseball is a $10 billion industry, were you under the mistaken impression that that means that Rob Manford and his revenue team is doing $10 billion? No, you add up the revenue of all 30 teams and then you add the national broadcast deals to that, the national sponsorship deals to that. And that's when you get, quote unquote, industry revenue. Do you think that Rob Manford, who's a labor lawyer by trade, who admittedly has lost Tony Petiti and Chris Park and several other employees to teams, do you think that if he thought that he could increase revenue by making additional hires on the league side that he wouldn't do that? Do you know how Rob Manford gets paid, Scott? Just out of curiosity, were you in the room? Do you know the contract? Do you know how bonuses are done by the finance committee and the other owners? You don't. He's got guaranteed, and then he's eligible for bonuses based on revenue profitability. If all of a sudden the league becomes this behemoth and it continues to grow, they get through COVID. You don't think that Rob gets remunerated and his people? You think that he sits back and says, man, I spent so much time legislating the game and enforcing the rules. I don't have time at all to deal with the revenue side or to raise revenue. I keep thinking he must be pimping for someone. Maybe someone hired him as an agent to get him to get themselves hired in Major League Baseball. I don't know the real answer. I just know that Scott Boris may have gone too far this time when he said that baseball should bring. Well, wait a minute, Coca. Let me take that back. What date? What's the date today? December tenth. Hey, Scott. If they're hiring a CEO, can I send you my resume? <laughs> Not. Wouldn't do that job if you paid me. Okay, a couple other things for Scott Boris to think about and worry about need to be addressed. Word has come out, and you know, you know, it's funny, Coca. I keep thinking about this. So Scott meets the media. He goes through all of his subjects. He goes through players. He goes through teams. He compliments the Mets for spending money. He talked about Steve Cohn. He said something funny about Steve Cohn and biting an apple and big apples or big balls. Or 
he said they're doing something about that. I can't remember what it was, but it was some sort of sexual innuendo reference. And he meets the media and he neglects to address what to me is the number one issue facing his players right now. Now, granted, I didn't sit through the 90-minute Zoom. I didn't apply to be a media member on the Zoom. I wouldn't do that if, you, if CBS paid me triple time. Hey, David, do me a favor. Call into the Scott Boris press conference and then comment on it. Now I'll wait for the notes. I'll wait for the tweets. Where was the talk about the release yesterday and the rumor and the thing that we've talked about and nothing personal, that it is very likely that MLB's season is not going to start on time and that MLB and the union are about to have another labor fight. Scott Boris has been clear from the beginning that players deserve to be paid in full, that players are ready to play 162 games. Scott Boris said that they're ready to go now. Scott Boris said that players have learned how to play through COVID protocols, obviously ignoring the players who were so despondent about how the season went last year and how difficult it was for them and how mentally exhausted they were and they weren't even in a bubble. Ignoring that because he doesn't care. Scott Boris spent his offseason making sure that some of his players were added to the executive council in the players' union, and he got his way. Scott Boris was focused on making sure that anything that goes on in the new collective bargain agreement will not be what Tony Clark wants or what Bruce Mayer wants or what any player wants. It will be what Scott wants for himself. And when asked to discuss, not sure if he would, why he thinks it's safe to start playing baseball, why it's okay to start playing without vaccinations. Baseball has come out very clearly and said, we want players to be vaccinated before we start. And they're being looked at by Scott and other members of the union, but mostly by Scott, cheapos. They're simply trying to delay the season. You're goddamn right they're trying to delay the season. Because until they can guarantee that players are vaccinated, that fans are vaccinated, and that fans will be in the seats, they are signing up to lose money. And why would they do it? It makes zero sense, Scott. And what bothers me is your reckless indifference and disregard to what business people want and feel is right. Did you get a PPP loan? So MLB doesn't want to start, and they're not going to skip the line. They've already made that clear. Wink, wink. They didn't come out like Roger Goodell came out and said they won't skip the line. They just have sort of come out and said, we need vaccinations to play. And they're doing it from a purely financial standpoint. They're not doing it out of the goodness of their heart for the health of their players, no matter what the commissioner will want you to think. The desire to have vaccinations is a desire both to make sure the season can get completed so they can get to postseason and get the revenue. And it's to make sure that there will be no delays. And it's to make sure that they won't play 162. Because they don't want to play 162. Because every game they play without fans, they lose money. It's a fact. It's not that they make less money, Scott. They lose actual dollars. Actual dollars are lost. And players have no obligation right now to take a pay cut. They have no obligation to accept a season below 162 games. All of that has to be negotiated. All that has to be discussed. And it hasn't happened yet. And it is going to be a fight because Scott made it clear, 162 or bust. Hmm. I'll tell you what's going to happen. 
I've thought about this a lot and what I would be doing if I were the commissioner or still the president of a team. I'm approaching Tony Clark and Bruce Mayer. I'm not engaging with Scott Boris at all, at all. Don't even talk to him. I'm going to say, listen, here's the choice you have. You recognize that there have not been a lot of free agents who have been signed. You recognize, because we keep a list and you keep a list of where teams' payrolls are. If you do not give us expanded playoffs in 2021, if you do not give us a May start for spring training and 130-game season, I promise you that every team will be cutting payroll and all of your free agents will go unsigned. That's what's going to happen. That's not a threat. That's a promise. So this is your choice with your union to discuss with your union members. All the players unsigned, are they willing to take it and not play next year in order to guarantee that those who are already signed get 162 games? Or are you willing to compromise and play a buck 30 and then realize that all of your members who are able will be signed? It's your choice. Well, it's an easy choice for members of the union. You wait to see. Spring training will be delayed. That's an official wait to see, Coca. Book it. Wait to see for December 16, 2020. Spring training will be delayed. Because the players will open their eyes and realize that they can push the owners only so far. The owners have the ultimate leverage. Number one, they don't have to sign the players who are unsigned. Number two, when this current collective bargaining agreement runs out, which it expires at the end of 2021, the owners can lock out the players. And these players get older during lockouts. And their years of production disappear. Poof. All of Scott's rich clients, they disappear. Young players don't develop. (laughs) Excuse me. Young players don't get a year of development. Everything that happens in a work stoppage impacts players more than owners. You know why? Because eventually the game restarts and the teams don't lose their valuation. That's how we would always look at it. If we can manage to skip a year or two of operating losses, we know that someone will buy our team when we're ready to sell and will buy it at a huge profit. And we will do whatever we need to do to get this union in line. Because right now, the union feels as though it can flex its muscles and try to chip away at the advantage that we have worked so hard to recapture through the last two collective bargaining agreements. Whereas the players are saying, stop right now. You've chipped away enough. We're going to make a stand. Good luck, guys. Make a stand. And this is, by the way, not me being pro-owner or anti-player. I'm just being factual with you, explaining to you what's going to happen with this MLB season. There's a lot of talk about, will they be able to do it in a private way? Can they skip all of the public rancor? Nah, not going to do it. (sighs) Okay. Did you see what happened with Tom Cruise yesterday, Coca? We got to talk about it, don't we? We have to. Should we wait and do it after the break? You know what we're going to do? We're going to change it. We're going to do a Tom Cruise special. 
I'm going to need to write some stuff down. Okay, we'll be back after the break. We're going to talk Tom Cruise and how he absolutely came unhinged on his crew members in the UK filming Mission Impossible 22. And stick around. We're going to make fun of Mikey because I'm pissed at him. And we're going to get to Giannis. We're going to get to you, Giannis, because we got to wait to see right. Never a doubt. We'll be right back. Introducing Wondersuite from Bluehost.com, the tool that makes WordPress wonderful for everyone. Website creation is hard, but now with Bluehost, you can answer a few simple questions about your business and goals, and the Wondersuite tools will automatically lay out your WordPress website or store in minutes. Seriously. From there, you can customize your design, pick your brand colors, and add blocks. No custom theme or coding required. You'll get content suggestions that you can keep or revise. And with Yoast SEO built in, we automatically help you get found in search engines. From step-by-step guidance to suggested plugins to an AI-powered help bot, our built-in tools make WordPress wonderful for everyone. Whether you're a beginner or a pro, you can join over 2 million Bluehost users. Go to bluehost.com slash wondersuite. That's bluehost.com slash wondersuite. Welcome back to Nothing Personal. My name's David Sampson. During the break, we're making lists. We changed up the show. We got to talk about Tom Cruise. I knew I wanted to talk about him. But I want to do his top five favorite, my top five Tom Cruise movies, and there's so many. But first, we got to start about what happened yesterday. Did you hear the audio of what Tom Cruise did when he undressed his crew? So he's right now filming Mission Impossible 60 in the UK. They filmed in Italy. They had to shut it down for COVID. They're one of the first movies coming back to film, and they're trying to release this movie around Thanksgiving 2021. It's a big payday for Tom Cruise. He wants the movie to go on. And apparently they had some COVID issues, which caused them to shut down. Now they're in the UK, filming is starting. And apparently there were some crew members who were not following COVID protocols. And Tom Cruise done lost his crap. I really wanted to say shit there, Coca. He got so angry. And we've got the entire audio. You can tell it to the people who are losing their effing homes because our industry is shut down. It's not going to put food on their table or pay for their college education. That's what I sleep with every night. The future of this effing industry. So I'm sorry. I'm beyond apologies, he said. I've told you, and now I want it. And if you don't do it, you're out. We are not shutting this effing movie down. Is that understood? If I see it again, you're effing gone. He went crazy, dropping F-bombs left and right a tone that was not very inspiring to me. His message was spot on. His tone was horrible, very condescending. I understand Coca's point during the break. He said, David, that tone means that these guys broke protocol before. So he doesn't want them to do it again. I get that, Coca. They shut down the damn movie in Italy. We all know they broke protocol because they got COVID. But there's a way to speak to your crew and a way not to. There's a way leaders speak to get results from their followers. Sometimes you have to lay down the law. Sometimes you have to yell, but when you do it, try to be respectful and say, guys, you're giving me no choice. I'm going to have to fire your ass because if we shut down because of your behavior, take a look at the guy to your left. Take a look at the guy to your right. They're out of a job. 
And we're the lucky ones to have jobs because everyone back in the States and everyone around the world is watching our movie set and seeing whether our protocols work. Tom Cruise is really something. I love him. I don't agree with his Scientology. I'm scared of his Scientology. I think that all of his marriages have been shams. I think his personal life is a little cray-cray. But guess what? Let people be. As long as you don't impact me and try to get me to be a Scientologist. Live and let live. Live and let live. I don't think that's the song. Someone actually got to me after the show yesterday to tell me that uh, in through the outdoors, Raspberry Beret. In through, she wore a Raspberry Beret. That was the song, and I couldn't think of it yesterday. Thank you to all the listeners who correct me all the time. And I think it's Live and Let Die. Live and Let Die. I think that was a Bond song by the Paul McCartney and Wing. And Wings? The Wings? The Chicken Wings? Anyway, the band Paul McCartney was in after the Beatles. So I started thinking about Tom Cruise and his talent on screen. You're talking about one of the all-time most prolific and greatest actors of all time. From Mission Impossible to Risky Business. He's been in the business since he was a kid and he's still around. So I've tried to put together my top five Tom Cruise movies. It's hard. It's hard, but I got to do it. Number five, a little known Tom Cruise movie, maybe his least known movie that to me I've seen 20 times and I could watch it 50 more times. And it's got a name that I think changed after it was released. It's called Edge of Tomorrow with Emily Blunt. That's the fifth best Tom Cruise movie ever. If you haven't seen it, you're going to have to watch it three times. I promise you. Number four, Academy Award winning movie for Dustin Hoffman. Tom Cruise was young. Go back and look and see how young he was at the time. Rain Man is the fourth best Tom Cruise movie. Number three is a Steven Spielberg directed movie and a movie I truly love. Minority Report. It's based on a Philip Dick book, I believe. And it is about people who can predict when a crime is going to happen. Then you arrest the person before the crime takes place. And therefore, your murder rate goes to zero. What a philosophical, interesting discussion to have. Can you change your future? Minority Report deals with that. Colin Farrell's in it. They deal with whether or not, if you know that you're going to commit murder, can you stop yourself? Number two and number one are just really the top two movies of all time uh, for Tom Cruise. A Few Good Men, I've watched it no fewer than 50 times. And my number one, if you haven't seen A Few Good Men, then please stop the show. Stop it. Press pause. Don't unsubscribe. Although you could unsubscribe and resubscribe to the podcast, Nothing Personal, you could go on YouTube and I don't think it works by unsubscribing and resubscribing. Just get your friends to subscribe to the Nothing Personal with David Sampson YouTube page. But stop the show and watch A Few Good Men. Number one, show me the money. It's too bad that Cuba Gooding Jr. has been such a dumpster fire since that movie and winning that Oscar. Actually, Renee Zellweger has won an Oscar as well. Gone on to have a good career, but a She's had her issues. Tom Cruise just keeps going. He just keeps going. Jerry Maguire. Do you know the human brain weighs three pounds? By the way, that kid I think is an adult right now. Is that possible, Coca? Coca came up with his top five. Number five is one of my favorites, Cocktail. This is Coca's top five cruise movies. We're going to do it, Coca. The number five movie for Coca is Cocktail. Yeah, that's Elizabeth Shue from Karate Kid. The first Back to the Future and Leaving Las Vegas. Yes, yes, she did have sex with Nicolas Cage. 
Yes, Brian Brown, he's dead. Cocktail, great movie, great movie. Number four, A Few Good Men, should be higher. Number three, Jack Reacher. That didn't even make my top five. Neither did Top Gun, by the way. Jack Reacher was really good. Number two for Coca is Jerry Maguire. And G- what is it, Coca? Okay. All right, that was on my list too. The number one movie for Coca is Edge of Tomorrow. Wow, we both have Edge of Tomorrow in our top five. Go watch a Tom Cruise movie today. Just remind yourself how good he is. And then listen to the audio and realize that when he's acting, he's acting. Okay. Mikey, are you listening to this show? Mikey, you there? Mikey, hello? Mikey's the guy who works with us at CBS. He did the mailbag episodes until he got too important and wouldn't do them anymore. Now me and Coco just do them alone. He went to CCSU, Central Connecticut State University. He told me that they were guaranteed to beat some team by one and a half points. I don't remember who they played last night. I watched the game. It may have been St. Francis. It was a guarantee. He spoke to his friends. Anyway, we lost. We're 38 and 35. It's an outrage. CCSU, apparently, according to Coca, had a three that they could have hit to cover with 11 seconds left. They missed it. I don't care. We're 38 and 35 and CCSU lost. All of the connections, Coca, you gave me connections to WVU when you were with the daughter of that offensive line coach. That didn't win. Now we had all the players on CCSU saying it was a guarantee. That didn't happen. We're switching it up tonight because we're back to 38 and 35. We lost two in a row. Nothing personal pick of the day. We're going with Miami. I'm going with what I know. I'm going with my connections. University of Miami Hurricanes and men's college basketball are two and a half point favorites over the Pittsburgh Pirates. Although I would almost guarantee you that the Pittsburgh team is not the Pirates. Uh, Panthers. Thank you, Coca. I was going with Steelers, Pirates, Penguins. It's Panthers. Two and a half points. Lay it. We're going to go to 39 and 35. Okay. I got a correction. One of the things that we do on this show that matters, uh, and I just want to make sure that we're good on that. When we get something wrong, I told you this yesterday. When we're wrong, correct me and I'll fix it. It's not that I'm trying to be wrong. It's just not. It just means that I am saying things without a prompter. I have a list of topics. And once in a while, my brain gets a little scrambled. So get back to me. Tell me what it is. And I was wrong on the electoral college discussion yesterday with the number of electors. And I want to make sure that we're very clear on it. There are... 538 people who are electors. 538 people cast their votes. That's 435 members of the House, 100 members of the Senate, and three dudes from D.C. Low, Mary, low, I was going to say low, Mary, and Curly. Larry, Moe, and Curly. I should not know who the electors are in D.C. That's 538. The rest of the things I told you about the Electoral College and my view of Electoral College versus popular vote, those are still right. Thank you for that correction. The second correction is from today's show already. Coca, it only helps me if you would say that before. Miami is plus two and a half over the Pittsburgh Pirates, not minus two and a half. But if I like Miami minus two and a half, that means I love them at plus two and a half. Okay. All right. We got a bunch of birthdays today. And uh, we work with a guy at CBS named Chris Hassel. Chris Hassel is one of the most clever, funniest people I've met. 
he does these videos that you should watch promoting CBS and making fun of certain things. And happy birthday, Chris Hassel. I love working with you. It's also Dan Lebitard's birthday, by the way. Happy birthday, Dan. He finally turns 21. But I want to spend time talking about Cliff Robinson, who would have turned 54 today. Cliff Robinson, Uncle Cliffy. Cliff Robinson, the, the basketball player who I was on Survivor with. I really enjoyed knowing Cliff. He only would have been 54 today. He just died this past summer at 53. Died of lymphoma. And I'm thinking about mortality. I've been thinking about that a lot recently. And about Carpe Diem and Tempest Fugit. Seize the day. Sagopinanga raw. That means seize the day in Filipino. Tempest Fugit means basically don't waste time. And I was thinking about all the people who have been homebound because of COVID all the people who were wishing away the year 2020. And I fell prey to that. And I tweeted recently that I couldn't wait for 2020 to end. But I remember thinking to myself, wishing away days, you don't get them back. Remember the story I told about the one thing I can't control and I'm a total type A control freak and I can't control time? I can't get more of it. I can't buy it. Why would I wish any day to pass faster than it already does? Do you think that you're alone when you say, oh my God, this day went so quickly. The week, I can't believe it's been three months since that. It's been four years since that. It's been 10 years since that happened. And Facebook and Twitter and all these other apps, the photo app on your phone, they love showing you the passage of time. Facebook memory from 2015. Five years ago today, you were doing this or that. When you realize you got more life behind you than in front of you or you're teen off on the back nine. And then you realize that that's assuming you lived your actuarial age. And then someone like Uncle Cliffy comes along. And just like that, it's gone. Like Kaiser frickin' Soze. You know, people, when they get sick, they say, I'm not going to take my health for granted. I'm going to take care of myself. I don't ever want to feel this way again. Lord, if I could just feel better this one time. And then you feel better for four days. And then you go back to doing the same stuff you did that got you sick in the first place. It's the human condition. It's never going to change. You lose someone close to you with a heart attack, you still eat like crap. You lose someone close to you to cancer and you say, oh, what are the odds? It's not going to happen twice. Someone dies in a car accident or a plane accident, and you say, ah, that's our bad luck. What a nightmare. It's not going to happen again. I don't know. Things just happen. Bad things happen to good people every single day. Happy birthday, Cliff. I don't mean to get emotional. I do. I don't know if I am emotional. I don't know what I am. I'm contemplative. When you are quarantined and spend as much time alone as I do, you really get to think about a lot of things That's why I love watching movies because it's my escape. That's why I love doing the show and preparing for the show with you because it's my escape. When you're just sitting alone, you're thinking about all the things that could go wrong, all the things, all the mistakes you've made. I don't have any regrets. That's not the right word for it. I think what I have is an acknowledgement that as much as I want to suck the marrow out of life and as much as I want to be the person who I think I am, I never can be. I never will be because there's still moments where I feel sorry for myself. There's still moments when I'm alone. There's still moments when I waste a day and I look back and say, I didn't want to do what I just did. And then people say, but sometimes you have to do things you don't want to do. 
Well, if you have a different mindset and you actually enjoy what you're doing, then it's not an obligation anymore. I don't know. Just have a lot of stuff in my mind, Coco. All right, we got to talk about Giannis. Just because I like being right. Someone contacted me about Giannis. Go ahead, Coca. You know what I want? <laughs> I want to talk to Samson. So you want to talk to Samson. You've heard me talk about Giannis on this show. As a matter of fact, on December 10th, 2020, only six days ago, I guaranteed you and all Bucks fans that Giannis would sign his super max deal and stay with the Bucks. Remember, he said that he wasn't focused on it, and I laughed and said, of course, he's focused on it. Well, he posted an Instagram yesterday saying that Milwaukee's my home. It's my city. Let's go get it. I don't know what he means. I don't know what he's going. I guess he means a trophy or a ring. So, so you want to talk to Samson when you follow me on Twitter at David P. Samson, and you ask a question in my DMs, I'll try to answer them if possible, maybe even on the show, maybe at the end of month mailbag episode. By the way, Coca, at the end of the month, we do a bonus episode where I answer your questions. Go on to Apple, please rate and review five stars, write a review and ask a question. And if you don't mind, if you don't mind, please download and subscribe to that bonus episode. Coca is telling me in my ear, I can't hear you, Coca. I don't know what you mean by that. We're going to go do two. Two what? We're doing two mailbag episodes? Are we? That's news to me. Well, folks, we're doing two mailbag bonus episodes, which means I need more questions. Although I really get a lot. But please, go on to Apple, rate, and review. But so you want to talk to Samson is sort of a daily thing. And someone said, is the NBA pleased that Giannis signed his super max deal with the Bucks?" That is the best question. Thank you so much. And here's my answer. No. And I want to explain. The NBA came up with this concept because they wanted superstars to stay with the teams who drafted them. They wanted players to be retained by the teams and they wanted teams to have the ability to retain these players. So fan bases could embrace these players and these players could play their careers with these teams. So in that regard, they came up with a rule. And the rule is that you can offer a player who you drafted and developed, who's been on your team, a quote unquote, super max deal. A super max deal is me means that you can go to five years and that deal can be up to 35% of the cap. And you can increase that amount 8% per year. But if that player doesn't sign a super max deal and becomes an unrestricted free agent, that player can go to another team, but that player can then only sign a four-year deal. That would be the max deal. And it can only be 30% of your cap. And by the way, your increase can only be 5%. What am I saying here? I'm saying that a player can choose to be really, really rich or really rich. A player can choose to go to another team or stay with his own team. The difference between a super max deal for Giannis with the Bucks and the max deal that he could sign with another team is about $83 million, roughly. Giannis has made about $300 million already. 
80 million is about 50 million after tax. That's a big deal. You can change a lot of lives with that. I believe that Giannis signed the Supermax deal now, not because of his love of Milwaukee, because he's a businessman, even though he claims he's not and that he has an agent to do it. Did you hear how I described how to measure what a max deal is? It is based on a percentage of cap. The cap has been going up every year because basketball has been booming. But now the cap stayed the same from 19 to 20, and that's because it was artificially buttressed. They've just made a decision, the owners and the players in the union, we're going to pretend the cap is whatever it is, $120 million. But if we use the same formula we've been using for all these years under the collective bargaining agreement, the cap would have gone down. Therefore, an unrestricted free agent or even a restricted free agent who gets to go to the max as a percentage of cap is going to be eligible to make fewer dollars tomorrow than he would today. The NBA recognizes, the players recognize, the agents recognize where the cap's going. And that is why you are seeing more players decide that they want to take care of it now from LeBron to Giannis, et cetera. But is the NBA pleased that Giannis will be on the Milwaukee Bucks for the next five years? No. There's several levels of superstars. So let's be clear. There are market movers. Market movers are players who are appointment viewing players. Barry Bonds was an appointment viewing player. When he was at bat, you watched. Steroids or no steroids. Michael Jordan, LeBron James, appointment viewing. When they are on, you watch them. Giannis, two-time MVP, defensive player of the year, maybe the best player in the NBA. Is that possible? I don't have him actually as the best player in the NBA, but he's won the MVP. He cannot win a title on his own. He's proven that. There is a defense that you can play to stop Giannis. He is someone who has attracted a lot of international attention. He has become appointment viewing. But the market that the Bucks are in is so small from a demographic standpoint, from a DMA standpoint, that there's not enough bang for the national buck, pun intended, by having him on the Bucks. They would much rather him be in New York or California or Miami. There is far greater interest if he were on a large market team. But they created a rule that financially incentivized him to stay on his small market team. So their rule worked, but it ends up biting them because it's better for the NBA to collect all of these players in larger market teams. Milwaukee's the 35th ranked TV market for crying out loud. They could have Giannis, they could bring in anybody and it won't change the size of the market. So my answer is that the NBA is pretending that they are happy that Giannis signed because they get to say, our plan's working. Lower revenue teams can keep their players. But at the end of the day, when Adam Silver puts his head on his pillow and tucks his hands underneath his cheeks and goes nine-nine, he dreams of players like Giannis on large market teams because he knows for sure it's incredibly good for business. 
I'm sorry, Milwaukee fans. I love you. You know I'm committed to you and loyal because I'm a Milwaukeean. It's nothing personal. It's happening daily. We're being conned by the institutions we used to trust. The mainstream media is distracting us with meaningless headlines instead of focusing on the harsh realities facing American families. Time is short before something big happens, and that's why so many folks are preparing. They're becoming self-reliant by investing in emergency food storage from My Patriot Supply. Go to MyPatriotSupply.com and secure four-week emergency food kits for each member of your family. Each kit contains tasty breakfasts, lunches, and dinners, averaging over 2,000 calories per day. Save $50 on each four-week food kit you purchase. Plus, get free shipping on Ready Hour four-week emergency food kits. You're not ready if it's not Ready Hour foods. At My Patriot Supply, you can also get solar power generators, water filtration units, heirloom seeds, and survival gear. Order by 3 p.m., and your unmarked boxes ship the same day. Shop MyPatriotSupply.com today. MyPatriotSupply.com